Um, this morning we are concluding our Sit, Walk, Stand series. How many of you, this series has blessed you this, this last 12 weeks? Uh, I think it's blessed me studying Ephesians. Uh, the church of Ephesus was a growing church in a huge city. And, and Paul, while he was in prison, wrote this letter to the church. And so this morning we are going to be uh, wrapping up everything. And I know our kids are in here, and I was planning on preaching short anyway. And so uh, don't worry, parents. We're not going to spend 45 minutes wrapping up this series. We're going to look at the, the big ideas, and, and we're going to ask God that because Paul wrote this to the church, that we would be a church like he, he wanted us to be. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, it is going to be on the screen this morning. I, I believe we're, uh, again, working through that new computer, and, and it, gets, it gives us problems sometimes, but I believe it's going to be up on the screen. So if you have your Bible, uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read his final greetings to the church of Ephesus. It says, so that you may also know how I am and what I am doing. Ty Tychius, he, his, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and how he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith, love with faith, love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you all. Love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you that you have uh, given us the scripture, that you have given us your word, Father. And I, I pray that uh, as our church has faithfully walked through Ephesians, that we would be this type of church, that we would be a church full of grace, uh, that we would remember the grace you have for us, that we would take that grace and we would give it to others, Father, in our relationships, and, and that we thank you for the grace in order to stand against the enemy's schemes and what he's trying to do to destroy our lives, our marriages, our kids, and our friendships, Lord. Uh, your grace is bigger than all of that. Your grace is stronger than anything, and your love for us uh, does not run out. And this morning, we are thankful for that. We love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. I, how many of you, children are in here, so kids will get this. Yeah, your kids go and do something. Uh, I get this all the time. I think the Lord will teach you through your kids more. If you have children, man, listen, watch. The Lord will speak to you through your children. And over and over again, uh, I believe that God speaks to me through my children, uh, especially my middle child, Briella. Uh, and even my oldest, we, we hear they do something or something happens and so dad gets in front of them and, and I'm explaining to them or I'm asking them what happened, what's going on, and, and I'm getting them to understand what they did wrong. And one word always comes out, but, right? Any of your children good with the word but? But, 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 but dad, but, 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 but dad, but mom, right? It's always a but. And they're trying to justify what they did wrong. They're trying to make right of what's wrong. And here's the thing, we know that, uh, that that's not going to happen, and so we try to walk through our, uh, with our children through all that. Uh, but here's the good thing, we have a father who, who can change the but. And so in the first part of our series, we went through this uh, weeks, it was probably the largest of our sit. And we sat and we looked at the scripture of what over and over the Bible called us slaves. The Bible said that we were dead in our sin. And then these two words pop up in Ephesians chapter 2 and the two words of but God. I don't know about you, but I am thankful for the but God. Because I was dead in my sin. I, I did 
not like, I, I liked only sin before I knew Jesus, same as you. And so this morning, I am so thankful that we have a but God. But God shows up over 3,000 times in Scripture. That should blow your mind. So over and over, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, we see 3,000 times but God. We see but God. We see in the Old Testament when people, uh, the Israelites, uh, they were in trouble, they were in slavery, but God. We, we see people, we see the King, King David, uh, he, he gets casual and he gives himself over to sin, but God. We, we see that the prophets are warning the people of, of God and he's saying, you need to turn from your sin and they don't turn from their sin and we see, but God. And then in the New Testament, it talks about those of us who are in slavery to sin. And there we see it, but God. So over 3,000 times, we see these two words that change everything. These two words change everything. And that is why we sit and we look at the God and we see, man, that is a big God. That is a God who loves us. That is a God who over and over gives us grace. This week, you probably did something, said something, reacted in certain a way that you need God's grace to change that, to be forgiven, to, made, to be made right. Again, that's what we said, to be seen as righteous is to be right standing with God. And if it wasn't for the two words of but God over 3,000 times, man, we would be dead in our sin. We wouldn't have any hope. We wouldn't have any uh, we wouldn't have a plan for our life, but because of but God. So this morning, we prayed already for those of you who need a miracle. Some of you, you have so much doubt. You, so, you have so much, um, you, you need faith. You, you have questions. You, you have, and, and there's two words, but God. Some of you have so much fear in this time that we're living in. Man, I know everyone saw the tragedy that struck in our state over at the elementary school. Not one person, I don't think, can look at that situation and not be heartbroken. And guess what? But God. I, 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 I know right now in that situation it seems hopeless. It seems like there is no, there's no way that God could turn that for good. But we serve a God who's bigger than what we think. We serve a God who, who's bigger than that situation. But God. He can use that for good. And so this morning, if you need a situation where you need that but God, if you have lost all faith, if you have fear, if you have anxiety, if you have no hope, you've lost hope because of situations in your life, hold on to those two words, but God. And what does that do that causes you to sit? What does sitting do? All of you are sitting right now. What you're doing is a couple of things. You're trusting. You're trusting as a chair to hold you up. And when you sit before a holy, perfect God, you're trusting him with your life. You're trusting him that, uh, that he has everything in control. Because here's what we do. When we don't sit, we think we can uh, take our life into our hands and we can make things happen and we can, we can make sure that everything works out. But most of the time when we try to take things into our own life, how many of you are like me and we screw it up and we make it worse? And the best thing we can do is say, God, here is my life. I trust you. You need me to do this, I'll do this. You need me to serve here, I'll serve here. You need me to go love on this person, I'll go love on this person. You need me to buy this meal for this person, I'll do it. 
And so sitting makes us look at a holy God and it causes gratitude in our hearts. And it causes trust to a holy God and it puts our lives in his hand when we sit. The second thing that we walked through was we needed uh, to walk the walk. If this so-called God had this so much love for us that he sent his one and only son and he had this much grace and over and over he pours out this grace on us, that should change the way a believer walks. That should change the way you live your life. And we looked at that. It should change the way you love your wife. It should change the way you respect and honor your husband. It should change the way how your children should honor you. It should change the way you honor your parents. It should change the way how you handle your money. It should change your actions. We should take our lies and we need to live in truth. We need to take that anger and throw it away. If his grace is that big, we take that anger, we throw it away, and we live in God's peace. We take off uh, stealing, and we take off uh, taking shortcuts, and we live in generosity. That's the Christian life. We put away gossip, and we encourage people. We put away wanting revenge on those who wronged us and did us wrong and who spoke ill of us, and we live in God's forgiveness. We, we put away uh, being promiscuous, and we, we have self-control with our bodies. We put away drunkenness, and we live uh, having God's Spirit and God's truth in us, and we live by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the Christian walk. If His grace is that good for us, it changes the way you live. And recently, Adriana and I had to kind of recap. We had to kind of look at our own lives and say, man, are, if God's grace is this good, are we living that out? And one thing we said when we signed up my oldest to play softball is she's going to play, and we knew that softball was every weekend. She could have played every weekend. And there was last month we noticed that uh, Kinley had missed church for five weeks in a row due to softball. And we had to reevaluate, and we said, you know what? If God is that good, Man, our time, what we do with our time, how we live in that time is important. And we had to make the tough decision, which had other factors. But one of the big factors is, man, I want my kid to know what community looks like. I want my kid to know what it's like. And she missed church. She loves church. And so we ended up pulling away. We stepped away from this team this week. And we told, hey, you're still going to play, but there's going to be, you're only going to play a few weeks. Because we know what that does to her spirit, right? You miss church for a month, it does something to you. You miss church uh, for a week, it does something to you. Same thing with reading the Word of God. I, I, I believe that if I don't read the Word of God, I can tell in my life. I can see the effects of it in my life. I think if I go uh, a couple of days a week without reading the Word of God, my family can see the effects of what that looks like. If I go even longer, I think you will begin to see the effects of it. And same thing, and and so if you believe that God's grace 
is that good. You believe that God has been good to you, that he forgives you, that he loves you, that he has had a plan for you, that he has blessed your marriage, that he has blessed your children, that he has blessed your life, that he's been faithful for, to you, that he has taken care of you, that he has been good to you. It changes the way you live. Amen? And this morning, I think we can all agree, no matter what's going on in our life, in some area, you can say, man, God has been faithful to me in that area. Amen? And this morning, you need to go back. If you have found yourself, if you're praying, uh, as we see people in the Scripture, God, I believe, help my unbelief. If you struggle with unbelief, you need to go to a time, and you need to look at your life and remember that God has been good to you. And in that, man, you're going to be gracious to other people. You're going to be gracious in your uh, marriage, you're going to be gracious in your relationships, in your workplace, and we saw that in the time that we spent on what it looked like to walk like a Christian. Because it, it's confusing to the outside world if you claim to be a believer, yet you live as if you're not. But that, that kind of life, it can only be sustained through the grace of God. Because over and over, I've, I've been doing this for a really long time, and I see people get fired up for church, and they get excited, but they're fired up about church, but they're not fired up about God's grace in their life. And so eventually, what you see is them walk away from the church and don't want anything to do. Real change can only come because of God's grace. And if you're going to walk that out, it, it, it comes through His grace. And then the last one we saw, uh, man, be ready. Stand firm. This morning we were talking, uh, man, there, there's tons of people in our church who have taken shots. Uh, the, the, there's people who have lost loved ones. Uh, last week I told you that there's two families in our church that had lost. This week we had another family lose another loved one in, in a horrible accident. And, and as I get these phone calls and as I'm praying with these people and I'm trying to love them and pastor them and I'm praying that our church is willing to do the same for these people, my prayer has been this, God, help them stand firm. Help them stand firm. Because if we wouldn't, uh, if I don't give them truth and I don't give them the word and all they can live on is excitement and feelings, when that, something like that, and they, they see that happen or they get that phone call, they won't stand on truth because they won't have truth to stand on. And this morning, that's been my prayer for our church is that we would stand firm. Because uh, uh, over and over, man, we say the enemy is going to try to take you out. He's going to try to use something. Uh, you're going to get a phone call. Something's going to happen. And it's going to try to take you out. And if you're not standing on truth, man, you're, you're going you're gonna to wither away as what the Scripture says. And so that has been my uh, prayer for our church. And here's this, and we're done. The book of Ephesians, as we've walked through it, I hope it's blessed you. I encourage you, uh, this week, uh, today, throughout the rest of the week, man, go read through the entirety of the six chapters. It won't take you long. And, and, and remember what God was teaching you in the time we walked through every little thing. Remember what God was speaking to you as we walked verse by verse. Because here's what is going to be revealed. 
Here's what the book of Ephesians does. It shows in the first half of the book, it, sh- it shows God's gospel. It, sh- it shows us the good news. It says that uh, because of God, but God, he showed us grace. When you and I deserved, we didn't deserve any of that. It shows us grace, and that's the story. And then it uses this one transitional word in the middle of the book, therefore. And so it connects God's story to your story. Every person in this room has a story. And that story, uh, I believe, if you're a believer, you had a but God moment. In that moment where you said, Jesus, my life is yours. I'm going to follow you. I want to submit myself under uh, your word. I want to submit myself um, to spiritual authority. I want to submit myself uh, to community. I want to do all of these things because your grace has been so good. That but God, he had, he's connecting those two stories, God's story and your story. And this morning, I just want to ask a simple question. Where are you at in your story right now? Where, where, where's your story at right now? Some of you, your story, you, you, God is, has been calling you. He's been showing you common grace over and over so that you can have that but God moment. And you keep refusing and you keep pushing that away. I don't need church. Uh, that, that I don't need uh, to read my, I don't need to submit myself to the scripture. I don't need to listen. I just come uh, because it's what I'm supposed to do. But God wants you to have a real encounter with him that'll change your life forever it'll change the way you love it'll change the way you live and it'll change every aspect in your life some of you in this morning you've had your but god moment you remember you could take me back to that place where you surrendered your life to jesus but man you've probably uh, a lot of the times we lose our way we start trusting in ourselves We start trusting in our own abilities. We start trusting that we can take our life and we're going to get to where we need to go by what I do and what I know. And this morning I'm asking you to go back to that but God moment when you said my life is yours, Jesus. And, And I think all of us need to do that at times. A lot of the times we try to take things back out of God's hands. And again, we end up screwing that up. And some of you are in your story because I know, because you've called me, you've texted me, and you're in a place where you're needing to stand firm. You're going through something in your life that tried to, is trying to take you out. It, the enemy is working extra hard in your life. He's working extra hard in destroying your marriage. He's working really hard for you not to believe in the church anymore. He's working really hard to destroy your children. And you just need to stand firm. Don't, don't, don't give in to what you feel. Give in to truth, the word of God, and what he says about those things. What does he say? He says that you are still loved. You're a child. You're in a family who loves you. He says all these things are true. And even when you don't feel it, those are the times where you need to stand firm. Even when your life seems like things are going on, stand firm. And I encourage you, stand firm. And let, can I go ahead and throw in there, it's a lot easier to stand firm when you have these people around you. Over and over I've heard in these times where I'm talking with these people and they're saying, man, if it wasn't for our church family. So when we send out those meal trains, those aren't because uh, that's just what, we, that's because we're trying to love one another. We're trying to serve one another. And that's why I, I, even if you don't know those people, 
you say, you know what, out of selflessness and because they are my family, one night I can serve them. One night I can love them. Standing firm. You were never meant to stand firm by yourself because it is impossible. And if you have found yourself uh, and the enemy has just slowly, this is what he slowly does. He slowly pulls you away. And then you start getting, uh, or, or you start believing lies about the church. You start believing lies about people. And so you no longer want those people close to you. And, and sooner or later, what happens is you find yourself alone. And that's when you're most vulnerable. That's when the enemy's going to take you out. This summer, I, we, we've already, we hit our summer break in our real groups. And I'm already missing all, our small group. Yesterday was uh, one of our leaders uh, and one of our small groups. Uh, it was his birthday. Tony, if y'all remember, he preached a couple weeks ago. Yesterday was his birthday, and so I went on there on the group app, and I just we have our whole group, and I sent him a happy birthday, and everybody started jumping on happy birthday. Man, and I can tell you, I can already feel that for two weeks we haven't gathered together because I love these people, and I want to be with these people, and it encourages me when I'm with them, and I know I can encourage them when, when they need encouragement. And so this fall, man, I encourage you, Get in a real group. Get in a real group. Well, Pastor Carlos, I don't have time. Man, I had to make one of the hardest decisions and pull my child from something she loves. Why? Because this is more important to me. The community, faith is more important than some field. Again, she's, and I'm not bashing anybody who does all that because we do it. I'm just saying I needed to reprioritize. And so this fall, this summer, if you're not in a real group, and you're saying, I don't have time, man, I, I think you can take an hour and a half of your time on a Wednesday night to be plugged in so, because I'm telling you, you're going to need those people to stand firm. So wherever you are in your story, whether it's before the but God, you're at the but God, you're after the but God, you're, you're, walk, you're trying to figure out how to walk this Christian life, you're trying to stand firm in what the enemy's trying to attack you, wherever you are, here's the good news of the book of Ephesians. We serve a God who's full of grace. We serve a God who's willing to give that to you. And all you have to do is receive that grace, live in that grace, and then replicate that grace to other people. That was the whole message of this series. We have grace, and we give grace, and we live in grace. So Father, this morning I pray, I pray grace over our church. I pray that every person in this room, every person watching online, they would live in that truth. They would live in grace. Father, I pray that if they've never had a but God moment, or that you have saved them from their sin, you have forgiven them from their sin, that this morning, you have called them here on purpose, not by accident, so that they could call on the name who's above all other names. And they, they too can have that but God moment where you transform their life forever. And God, I believe it has far more implications than, than that. You're trying to change family lineages in this room right now. You're trying to rid families uh, of adultery. You're trying to rid families uh, of alcoholism. You're trying to rid families of drug abuse. You're trying to rid families of things that they thought were going to be in their family forever, but because of this but God moment that they surrender their life to you forever. 
you're changing things, Father, and you have plans. God, I pray for those who are still trying to figure out those implications of the good grace that we have, that all it boils down to is loving you and loving people. That's what it means to walk the walk. We would just have grace the way you have grace towards us. And Father, I pray for those who are, are going against something that is trying to take them out, that they would stand firm. Father, I pray for those of us who aren't, that we would stand firm with them, that we would hold them up when they can't stand up, that we would pray when they can't pray, that we would stand firm as a church together, loving one another and serving one another. Father, I thank you for the book of Ephesians. I, I thank you that you remind us of your, your good grace and how you connect that to our story. And Father, this morning I pray that as a church we would live in that grace. Father, I thank you for the church that gives grace when we have parking lot issues, when we have AC issues, when we have issues with one another, that we would love one another serve one another and care for one another. Father, I thank you for all that you're doing in our church. We love you and pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.